when data is tied to real space, you're enabling a whole new method of computing so that in the future we can see what happened at this space. We can click on that column and see its history. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Merritt Thatcher, founder and CEO of Argyle. Her first job in construction safety paid for law school on the job site. However, law was more boredom than innovation. Alternate realities on the top of this world made more sense than legal theory and construction called her back. Welcome to the show, Merritt. Thanks for having me. And I'm so glad you read the intro that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I saw it on, on the, the website. This is, I got to read this. This is <laughs> it's such an interesting story. I'd love to hear more on kind of the, the call of construction that it had over law. Yeah. So um, I grew up in construction. My uh, grandpa owned a construction company. My mom owned a construction company. And uh, it, probably some listeners are in similar boats where their family was in construction and they were recruited very young into the family biz. So I did traffic control. I did um, grout and I actually had a really fun job close to where my office is now on, on the Burnside Bridge in Portland. And all I did was direct pedestrian traffic uh, while the bridge was closed. So that's what I did. That's my beginning. And that's, I, I really knew I wanted to do uh, well, I didn't necessarily love construction hours when I was a teenager. I am actually very comfortable with construction hours now. And I, <sighs> so anyway, construction called back when I, when I put on a HoloLens is really the thing. So I immediately saw, we've got 3D models. Uh, my husband's an architect. So he was making these Revit models all day long and I was like, oh my gosh, those are going to go on the job site someday. We're going to be able to visualize all of it. Won't that be neat for somebody else to do? Um, and then, so family business-wise, all we'd ever known was family business. So here, here's my husband and I talking after hours, after being, after hours when I'm an attorney, he's an architect. And all we can talk about is like new ideas and starting new things. And this particular idea with augmented reality is the one that just stuck in our brains. Uh, and fortunately, Logan is an incredibly clever mathematician and uh, self-taught coder. And he figured out how to get the models to align to the job site, which had been really a big struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how we began the company is once we'd figured out that piece, we knew we could take it all the way. Yeah. Really interesting. So what was one of the kind of the, the biggest hurdles then to have to overcome in those early days? Oh, there were so many. I honestly feel we were blessed with that founder optimism in the beginning. And I don't think we even realized what a challenge we'd taken on. Um, but hurdles, I would say, <laughs> would be things like funding the development of a new technology. Um, the way startups kind of traditionally work is you're supposed to build a very tiny MVP, get proof of concept, build on that and build on that mm -hmm. uh, to prove that you have product market fit. Okay, that's not what we did. We, <laughs> we took a big chunk 
first we said, well, we know what this technology needs to be in order for it to be used on the job site. Uh, we can't give them a half-baked product. We need to give them a full-baked product because otherwise it's not really innovating their process. It's adding more burden to their process. We actually need to compete with a tape measure and paper plans. Right. So to do that, you really have to build something incredible. Uh, we saw great proof of concept for augmented reality on the job site through, um, you know, some early folks on the scene. Trimble had their product and it was already proving itself to be really useful in these small use cases, in these small meetings where you want to just see, you know, just the MEP for one room because it's going to be a really tight access zone and you want to make sure everything's clear mm -hmm. or you want to, we had a casino job where there was a commercial kitchen that the owner was, the owner's rep was actually the commercial kitchen expert as well. And he was like, oh yeah, I'll try this AR thing. <sighs> if you'll indulge me in a story. So there, so we're all there. The, the contractor's kind of nervous because like, this is some new tech and he's putting it on his owner's rep. And we're nervous because like, this is one of our first augmented reality jobs. And the owner's rep's like skeptical because it's a silly looking hard hat. Uh, but the second he puts it on, he sees the wireframe of the kitchen that's about to be built. And all of a sudden he's not talking about tech. He's like, oh, the fry bread station is going to be like this. And then you're going to need to make sure we make have like adequate drainage right here. And like, suddenly there's this gaggle of people just following along with notes. And it just was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> I love that. I love that story. Cause it, it's really bringing, it, it's moving past the technology and making it just a natural flow of the conversation and, and bringing it to life in a, a mm -hmm. way that has not been possible in the past. Yeah. Uh, so how do you go about then changing or, or getting people to change their, their workflows, or maybe their, even their, their mindset on what their workflow hmm. has been, you know, the whole adage of, of construction. Well, this is the way we've always been doing it. It's, it's been working for us. So why do we need to change for something different in the future? You know, it's, it's funny. I don't try to change anyone's workflow. Maybe I used to, um, so my background in wills and trusts, everyone dies. <laughs> so I became a really cool salesperson because I could just say, you know, you can get a will, you can get a trust or you can get probate. I, I don't really care. And they were like, oh, she doesn't care. She's just trying to help me. She's just teaching me about my options. So, yeah. you know, I don't think this technology is for every single contractor from smallest to largest. I think it's really for the at this stage, I mean, eventually it's going to be for everyone at this stage, it is for some early adopters, some innovators. And I think there's, uh, an appetite to get an edge. And those are the folks I'm seeking out. Hmm. How do you go about finding those people that are, are wanting that competitive edge and ready to make some moves? Ooh, great question. Um, speaking at events has been helpful. So thanks for having us. Uh, we've been, at AWE, we've been able to speak at many construction um, events and that's been very helpful, word of mouth. Uh, I, when I'm on it, I blog. And recently we've figured out how to do live streams. 
And uh, that's through our, our partnership with Imagian has made it so easy to share what you're seeing in augmented reality mm-hmm. that it's no big deal to set up a live stream. Like, honestly, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> I'll be doing one later today for DPR. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, well, well, let's maybe back up some because uh, I, I like to kind of define terms and, and get a baseline because I feel like a lot of terms in construction, like AR or something, everybody has a, a little bit different kind of mm. lens that they, they're looking at it through. So how are really are you defining kind of AR and, and digital twins? And let's go kind of down that road and set the, okay. the framework. Okay, so I have a definitions and glossary on my website of how I am defining the terms. Uh, Argyle.build has some. And if I veer from those, it's only because this technology is changing. So uh, for me, for construction, augmented reality is, it's like, honestly, a term I don't know that the industry is even going to use. It's just going to be, for them, part of project management, part of BIM. Augmented reality is the uh, kind of the way that the technology world is describing this stuff. And because augmented reality has a spatial component, they're going to talk about it as part of project management and part of, uh, the term I'm coming up with is spatial project management. Okay, nice. So spatial project management, that's, you're using that as more like the kind of the the practical side of things of just in the, everybody's day-to-day you're, you're able to see what's actually happening on the job site versus the the plans or maybe lean into that a bit more. Yeah. Okay. So the coolest thing is we're augmenting very big buildings and big spaces. We're not in Argyle. We're not limited to just a small part of the building. Uh-huh. And what that enables is an internet of the job site. Essentially it's, it's a new way of computing and interacting with your space. So um, in this big office, I have the entire uh, six-story building, and it's got two wings. And when the architect wants to make an adjustment to the tenant improvement at the, the, the restaurant that's going downstairs, we can just do that in BIM and have it appear visually here. Mm-hmm. When everything is, when data is tied to real space, you're enabling a whole new method of computing so that in the future, we can see what happened at this space. We can click on that column and see its history, uh, it's how it's been built, what type it is. Uh, we can find parts to things. We could click a link in our um, mechanical system and order a new air filter right there. Nice. All of that is possible with spatial computing. And that's augmented reality is that, but you know, augmented reality sounds like a toy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, so how does that really change the way people are going to do kind of coordination meetings and just your, your day-to-day stand-up meetings on a job site? Ooh, well, I already see it changing. Um, we're traveling to the job site less. We are saving money because, like I said, um, folks like Imagine have made these incredibly easy AR conferences. So you can see what I'm seeing on the site through mm-hmm. my own eyes you can click on things from your computer that's happening today. So, uh, yeah. eliminating we had Adrian on the, the podcast a, a while back and he showed us some of it. It's there's some cool it's, stuff there. <laughs> it's like, we can, 
talk about it all day and it like, uh, like, no, you just need to try it. Just do it, do it, do yeah. it. Um, so yeah, let's travel. We're going to have a uh, faster time between coordination. So if you're out on the job site every week, now you can do it. Mm. You know, if you have a question, it's not delaying everything. You can immediately tap in the engineer, the right person to answer that using visualization on site for everyone. Hey, innovators. Is there a way to prepare your company for successful implementation of technological innovation? After over 115 episodes talking with some of the best minds in the construction industry, the answer is a resounding yes. There are building blocks that you can put into place that will form the foundation for your company to successfully implement technology. I have compiled my thoughts from those conversations into a new ebook simply titled Foundational Building Blocks for Successful Tech Adoption. You can download the ebook for free at our website, bridgingthegappod.com. After you have, I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, keep innovating. Yeah, nice. So I, I imagine the, the last two years saw a, a big kind of um, awareness of it and, and people more open to yeah. really testing it out and trying it out. How do you keep people, you know, really excited and kind of intentional about it and not falling back into what they did before the, the COVID lockdowns and, and everybody having to go remote? Oh, that's so tough. Yeah. If I figure that one out, I'll let you know. <laughs> I, it's, uh, I think it's just patience. I mean, I'm here for the long haul behavior change takes time. And so right now I'm, I'm more in the, we're less developing and more learning now that I have a product that's super sweet. I'm in the mode of watching people use it and seeing, okay, here's how I'd make it even better. Um, and I think, so the way people are using it is still in isolated meetings. My dream, my hope, and what I have enabled with this technology is that you will use it kind of like a daily vitamin, just pop it on for five minutes when you do your walk and you will notice things. Mm. Um, at that casino project I was talking about, we were there for the commercial kitchen, but because we have everything in the model, you know, we were casually walking around beforehand, aligning it, making sure it looked good. And we were like, hey, we noticed like there's something stuck to this wall. Like there's some sinks here. Is there supposed to be blocking? We don't see any blocking. And the project manager's like, oh, well, damn. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. That kind of stuff happens. It's, it's your own builder's intuition, your own intelligence, plus this superpower of seeing the model on top of it. It's chef's kiss. Yeah. I like it. What do you think one of the, the biggest hurdles in adopting AR for firms kind of at, at a, at a wider clip for mm -hmm. the industry? It's uh, the fact that it's still a head-mounted device, at least for us, uh, we're moving it to iPads and iPhones. That's a very comfortable technology for people. Mm -hmm. Hard hat's still not like, it's still hard for people to think about putting that no device on their heads. <laughs> um, and I think HoloLens and head-mounted are gonna be super useful for people using their hands. But when we're at that stage where we're not really aware of what this technology can do, I think uh, getting it on mobile devices is the absolute game changer. I mean, already we have 
AR devices in our pockets on the job site, like mm -hmm. almost every person on the job site. My job is getting it working as well as it does on the HoloLens on that iPad, which it's close. It's getting there. We've got some alpha testers in the wings, so folks nice. can reach out if they want to try it. Nice. Yeah. You know, I'm all for making it as kind of easy and simplistic attaching onto the, what are the methods that people are already using? I think when we can tie into that mm -hmm. to your point, you know, you said you don't try to change people's workflows. I think the, the more we can kind of adapt the technology to what they're already using, the quicker you're going to get adoption. I think, you know, in time mm -hmm. we can tweak around with maybe this workflow needs to be changed and overhauled, but to get the, the technology adopted quicker, you know, attaching onto yeah. to what they're already doing is it's smart. It's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we talked about hurdles. What about some opportunities that people might not be aware of? And then kind of playing off of that, what, what would, what's kind of the first recommended step in starting to use AR? So our expertise is aligning data to the job site. We started with BIM, but we're learning an incredible amount of things to put on this job site, scans, IOT, like we have demand everywhere, all over the spectrum of things that you can put on the job site. So um, opportunities abound. The way to get started is to try it yourself. And that is... Um, something we're trying to make easier and easier for folks. Number one, we'll get it on iPad as soon as possible. But if you are someone who has a HoloLens, then it's free trials. Um, and, you know, check out, there's so many great uh, companies. I want to give a shout out to Imagine because I truly think that the conferencing ability is fascinating. Um, we met a company at the next coalition BitRip, who they're making like QR codes out of the sticky tape. It is, it's fascinating. It's not quite QR. It's, it's a different, but similar technology. Uh -huh. So there's just, uh, there's a lot out there. It can get overwhelming. Um, but try it out. It's what a cool job to have. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, so want to pivot and kind of zero in on just kind of innovation and construction in general, uh, you know, that's one of the themes that, that we talk a lot about here on Bridging the Gap. And uh, we do it intentionally because uh, I think a lot of people, they don't think of construction as being innovators and creative problem solvers, which is not mm -hmm. true. Uh, so a kind of what, what do you think of with innovation and then where does it become practical in construction and not just a kind of a fun buzzword to throw around? <sighs> Yeah. Uh, and I think, okay. So our acronym that we're really focused on right now is most advanced yet approach approachable Maya. Mm -hmm. Um, we, uh, we built something really robust. I'm really proud of it, but because it can go everywhere, it's part of my job right now to, to show people that I've made instead of calling it a car and they're not familiar with a car, show them that I made a really good horse. I did make a car, but it's a really good horse. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot what the rest of your question was. Well, how do you make innovation practical? Oh, yeah. Uh, meeting them where they're at. So the first place is uh, for us was with BIM um, and the companies who are really embracing BIM and meeting them where they were at. 
and that's how it becomes practical. Yeah. I, so I, I love, saving money, saving time, yeah. saving rework. All <laughs> big things to save <laughs> in construction for sure. Uh, I, I love the illustration that you used of not saying, Hey, I, I just built this shiny new car when they have no idea what a car is, <laughs> Yeah. but meeting them where they're at of, Hey, this is, it's a horse, but better. <laughs> you know? It is. This is, this is what you're used to. It's, but it's enhancing that. And it's yep. just taking it to the, the next stage. I, I think, yeah, that's, that's great. I, I like that a lot. Uh, so if you, if I could give you kind of all, all construction power here and you could innovate one thing in the industry with like a snap of your fingers, what would you pick to innovate? Mental health. Oh, okay. And yeah. How so? Uh, our, we don't, okay. Our suicide rates high, uh, our drug use is like, if you're injured, it, like there's just so much we can do better for, uh, mental health of construction workers. Yeah. And, and I don't know that that's going to be an app, <laughs> like that's going to be a culture change. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm just so proud to be in the industry and, uh, to be back in the industry. And I feel like my time out of it and being a lawyer has given me, you know, some perspective of, of just like caring for ourselves and for our humans. I mean, we all end up dying. <laughs> So let's uh, make it a happy life for us. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think one of the cool things that I've seen, especially over the last two years is more people are talking about, you know, their experiences and, and what they've gone through on mental health and just kind of in general and how to bring about a, a needed culture change in mm -hmm. the industry and how to, you know, the, the, I think construction has for a long time had the, like, leave your problems at home. Once you step on the job site, you're a worker. You're not a, you're not a human, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no emotions here, which obviously everybody has a job to do and you got to do the job, but we all carry our ourselves into yeah. our work as well too. And to try to check that at the door is just not realistic. You got to no. make room for the human side of everybody. Yeah. Cause it's there. <laughs> it's there apparently. Gosh. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I think that's great. Uh, so how do people find out more information on Argyle and, and connect with you? Our website is argyle.build and you can sign up for a free trial, or if you're not ready for that, there's a newsletter and we'll keep you up to date when updates like iOS come out. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, last question for you. What does innovation mean to you? Oh, I mean, Maya, 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 most advanced yet approachable is innovation. Yeah. <laughs> That's I what like my kick is right now, at least. <laughs> yeah. Got to convince them that I made a better horse. That's right. That's right. Well, the approachable piece, it, that sounds, uh, I think way more simplistic than what it actually is. It's true. Innovation sounds, you know, if you're truly innovative, it's going to almost not seem approachable on the surface. And so you have to be really intentional to yep. make it approachable. Yes. Yes. Uh, the approachability is by design. It's not by, uh, as charming as I am. It's not just me. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's work. So yeah. 
so I lied that that was my my last question because that made me think of another question, but how okay, on okay, the I'm approachable here. aspect of it, how do you intentionally kind of design the approachability in innovation and technology? Um, uh, adopting the grandma tester mindset, um, uh, adopting a mindset of like having absolutely no time for my app to do anything else but work. Um, lots of user feedback, like lots of little design choices, like animations to show alignment happening. Um, it used to just happen mm -hmm. and I didn't believe it as the user. I'm like, is it really aligned adding an animation? You yeah. know, just little things like that. Uh, it's, it's a lot of little design choices and a lot of user research. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think the. That visualization that's that's smart that is a, a <laughs> overlooked thing but you do see that and you're yes. like, oh i got it it's actually working <laughs> it was doing it all mm -hmm. along you just need that little click to make your brain think it exactly well, that's great well thanks so much for taking the time and, and coming on the show thanks for having me yeah absolutely anytime have a good one and now it's time for my todd takes from this episode first take the more we can integrate technology into our normal everyday workflow and project management, the more likely it is to be practically used. This will help allow us to better align data to the job site. Second take, AR helps to enhance your own builder's intuition and intelligence into this kind of superpower with a ton of potential. Harness it. The last couple of years have seen a ton of growth in construction innovation. An easy temptation that we need to avoid is reverting back to what was comfortable. Let's keep up the momentum and encourage the try it mentality. And final take, I love that Merritt brought up the importance of being personable and mental health. It's okay to be willing to talk about the personal side of things in construction. Get to know the person behind the employee. You will be amazed at the benefits that brings across the board. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software production. Copyright Applied Software 2022.